Hey guys, welcome to You Chat Too Much podcast. This is a podcast where two international teachers, Joe and Madge, discuss various topics with the help of interesting and amazing guests each week. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to You Chat Too Much. This is episode four, and today we're going to be talking about um, do we need time to mature before starting our career? Now, we're joined today by Josh, and Josh is, a, a, I'd say he's a special guest today, Madge, because unlike most of our guests where we've hounded them and chased them down and uh, begged for them to come onto the podcast, Josh actually asked to come onto the podcast. So uh, a warm welcome to you, Josh. How are you doing? Good, thank you. It's nice to be on the podcast after supposedly hounding Joe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. Nor- normally we're hounding other people to get onto the pod. So there was a, there was a level of surprise uh, when he was like, oh, I want to I wanna come on the podcast and, uh, and have a chat. And I was like, yeah, fine. What do you want to talk about? And then we spent about... 20 minutes just talking about potential options of uh, of topics so no it's good obviously we're here as well with Madge uh, as always Madge how are you yeah man all good a little bit tired but good yeah end of the week Thursday late at yeah. night half eight so late at night, yeah okay so this was the question and, and this is a, a topic where um, the question kind of hopefully will lead into lots of different things really but do we need time to mature before starting our career? And I think uh, I think me and Madge have spoken about this or touched on this a few times in some of these episodes, but nothing specific. So do you want to start us off, Madge? What what are your initial thoughts on, on this question? Um, I did. And so then I'm, I think I'll be a little bit biased. Um, yeah. you, ha- you didn't, did you? No. No, all right, so it'll be interesting. <clears throat> I think 100% yes you should um, take uh, uh, some time out before you start your career. And when we say when you start your career, we're talking about, um, well, you can take it out whenever, take a year out whenever, maybe mm-hmm. before you start university or maybe after you start university, but before you start your career, um, definitely take some time out. And we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about what that means in terms yeah, of sure. what you do with your time. Um, Josh, before you answer it, um, without too much detail, um, do you want to introduce yourself and, and kind of tell us a little bit about you and what you do? Um, yeah, so my name's Josh, obviously, and um, I'm a, a PE teacher uh, living out in Malaysia. Uh, I've been doing the international scene now for about four years. Before that, did a bit of traveling myself. Um, I originate from the southwest of England and the city of Plymouth. Um, obviously a big sport lover, um, hence the job. And yeah, just that's a little bit about myself, really. Yeah, nice. So before we, we crack on with the rest of the episode, I'm going to ask you some questions, some little icebreaker questions. So quick answers. Don't, don't diddle-daddle around the, uh, the answers. Straight to it. What's your, what would be your superpower and why? Um... Well, after playing Worms as a kid on the computer game, 
I've always really wanted to teleport myself. <laughs> and living abroad 14 hours away, I think that would be brilliant. What skills yeah. I have. Yeah. That, that's a quality skill, that one, actually. Teleport. I didn't know where that was going to go as well when you said when you said when I was playing Worms. Yeah, yeah good, <laughs> an- good answer, that. Madge? Oh, second question, yeah. What would be your last ever meal? That's a new one, isn't it? Uh, burger and cheesy chips. Oh, burger and cheese chips. Nice. And then, uh, which celebrity would you like to meet and why? Well, growing up, it was always David Beckham. But in recent times, I'd, I'd love to have five minutes with Putin. <laughs> <laughs> five minutes. Nobody talk about it, just five minutes, yeah. I love it. All right then, so um, Josh, you want to touch a little bit on, on, on maybe not in too much detail to start with, but just on why, why this question means something to you in terms of do you think we need to mature uh, before starting our careers? Yeah, well, I mean, for me, um, you know, what does that word mature actually mean? Um, I mean, I'm 31 years of age now, and at times I'm still very immature. Um, although, you know, I think that's just the inner kid in, in myself, and I'm sure you boys are exactly the same. Um, still laughing at my own farts now and again. I, you know, that I think that'll always, I'll die by that. But, um, you know, actually, like growing up, I was, I was thinking, well, you know, what age am I actually mature? When you're in school, get to like 18 years old, I thought, right, end of school, I'm just going to be an adult, and that's it now. Um, but then when in fact I went to university and then just came into this bubble and I didn't really care about anything else and in terms of my maturity I was just like you know I, I had no life experience no life skills and then actually three years down the line when you you chucked into the real world and you're in this job actually I felt very immature um, yeah. Yeah. You know, you're away from all that so you know, I think what I'm trying to say is, and up until now, which I'm sure we'll, we will touch upon uh, as we talk about it, is the levels of maturity, are certainly for me, have grown from you know, being a boy, adolescent, up until the current day now. So, um, yeah, I think, well, <laughs> definitely, yes, you need, do need time to mature before your career, but I, I do think it's an ongoing process. Yeah, I, d- I definitely agree with that. And I think that the the comment because originally we were talking me and Madge about this episode and we were talking about like traveling or do you need time off or do you need a gap year and and then it was all about this idea of like maturity so that took me down like a bit of a wormhole of like what does maturity even mean and according to science wise in terms of like the brain you don't fully mature until you're in your 30s um, that's like according to brain scientists, but obviously UK law, you're 18, um, and and potentially in the UK, you know, could be deemed as maybe 16 when, you know, uh, a few other things you're able to do at 16, but 18, I suppose, uh, specifically is when you're deemed an adult. But that I think the point you made about like university. Is then huge because you're you throw you get thrown into university and it's most of the time it's your first time living away from home, which is like that feeling of when you were a kid uh, and you go around somebody's house and then you're like your first time staying out from your house and you stay up all night and you know do ridiculous things. 
that's like uni. So you, I think if anything, you probably get worse. You regress when you're at uni because you probably matured a little bit doing IGCSEs or A-levels or, or further education. Then you go to uni and you regress. And then, then like, yeah, like you said, you kind of force into a job where you have to be like uber mature and then like have to follow adult laws and adult everything else, which I think is a bit of a shock. Madge, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty... Um, I mean, the maturity age thing, uh, I'm trying to work out when I would say I became mature. I mean, when I was... <laughs> um, you yeah, mean I'm you are mature now? or? Uh, it's like, like Josh, I mean, I don't laugh at my thoughts anymore. I'm past that, but I mean, like... Uh, <laughs> There is, there are still times when that when you, when that inner kid comes on, and I don't think I ever want to lose that. But um, I'd say like f- probably for me like 24, 25 was probably when I when I matured. I think when I was just kind of ready to like get ready for the world and settle down mm-hmm. and you know kind of pass that stage. And I think that was when I when, when did I travel? I think I traveled when I was. 22 23 so that uh, a whole year traveling and so obviously there's there's a there's a link there because that year is the one that's made me grow up really quick so when i came back at 23 i was kind of ready to ready i was really focused and knew what i wanted to do mm-hmm. um and i said it before we talked about in that um episode about savings and stuff and how i would have approached university different if i took a year out before i went to university and it doesn't necessarily mean you had to travel, but yeah, I, I kind of agree as well because we work with students now, and uh, like my my particular year group, they're choosing GCSE subjects, and they're so nervous because they're trying to make that perfect choice. They're so worried about it, and I think at each stage that you go, like even how many people leave college and don't know what they're doing, and how many people leave mm-hmm. university and don't know what they're doing. And I think the way the system's set up, it doesn't really help us, and it could be. A waste of time in the end yeah for sure so i think the first thing we we both kind of discuss and we talked about this with or i talked about this with josh as well before we started recording was this idea of like traveling so it's, i suppose there's two different ways you can do this you can take a gap year which is very common like often before university you take a gap year or potentially the first year once you finish university you take a gap year before you start your job and then the other one was sabbaticals, which, you know, uh, I suppose older or or once you've kind of been in your job for maybe five to ten years, you might take a sabbatical, which I thought was quite interesting as well. But looking at stats, I was actually quite surprised in the in this is in the UK in 2018, only three percent of people actually took a gap year. And I don't know whether that's anything related to the cost of fees, whether people wanted to get there before they increased or whether more people are just ready to get to university. But obviously with the pandemic and maybe with changes in media, social media, different things going on, 2020 to 21, 20% of students took a gap year. So I suppose just moving on from that is, Josh, you, you, did you take a gap year like after university or before? And then just tell us a little bit about what, what that kind of year out meant to you or whether it was a year or more. What, what do you think was some of your like take home things that you learned? So actually, mine was a little bit different. Um, so I, I went 
to university straight from school. So graduated yeah. 21 and then straight into a job. And um, I was actually, what was I? About 24 at the time and I was living in London. And I was, I was getting paid, I wasn't even breaking even. Um, good friend of mine um, actually uh, took his own life who was a, who's a keen traveler. And, um, you know, so again, monumentous um, sort of events in your life such as that. And then not long after my granddad passed away. So it was like a bit of a bit of a mad year. And yeah, I just thought yeah, to myself, yeah. do you know what? Life's too short to like, uh, to like just be like stuck in a hole, not enjoying it. So I just thought, right, I'm gonna move home back to Plymouth, save a bit of money and just go away. So I was 25 years old when I went, uh, went and traveled. I just got a work and holiday visa to Australia. And it was the best thing I've ever done. Like literally just, I was just pretty, just, just pretty done with teaching. I think I just needed that break. I was, didn't have the, that break from education and I just felt a bit burnt out. And it was a real chance to just reset my ambitions for life and what I really wanted out of it. Um, so yeah, that first year away, working holiday visa, went to like Sydney, Australia, just basically burnt lots of money in the first month. Just had no yeah. idea, yeah. but just fully enjoyed it. Traveled up the East Coast. And then obviously just, um, Worked here and there, travelled, um, did my farm work. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah, as an experience, I actually picked raspberries for two or three months, um, but I actually did it in Byron Bay, which was uh, which was really nice. It was a silver lining for me, um, which obviously just I just fell in love with the country. To be honest with you, um, hopped over to Indonesia a few times, New Zealand. Um, and then came back in the summer just to sort of see the family and then went out again for the second year. Um, so actually a year, year turned into two. And um, during my first year, I actually, I worked at a surf camp and um, managed to uh, get quite friendly with uh, a guy who used to come through, uh, a touring guy, and he used to bring some tour groups through. And there was an opening for a tour guide in, in Queensland. So, um, you know, spoke to a few people, managed to get the job. So you can imagine it, like I'm a, I'm like an English blagger, like just just trying to like tell people what the east coast of Australia is like. Um, but again, you got to take your opportunities when they come. So I did a bit of research and put on the accent a, a bit, and uh, yeah, it seemed to work. So um, I well, basically took talks. Let's hear the accent. And did you did you wear a hat and a flag? Uh, well, the corks in it. Nah, mate. Um, but nah, I think um, I think that's really interesting though, Josh, because you, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to know what uh, kind of like what prompted the second year. But I think what what is really interesting is that, you know, um, you obviously made that decision to travel after some quite serious things happened to you. But it was it's not only the serious things that have happened, but you kind of taken a taken a step back and go like, why? Why wouldn't I do it? Um, and it's and it's interesting because we've spoken about this. Me imagine we've so, spoken about it on episodes. It's like people say, "Oh, you're so brave to do it," um, and you kind of take a step back and think, oh, "I'm definitely not brave to travel." But some people think it's it's really really courageous to travel. And I suppose in a sense to to give everything up in the UK and then go out to somewhere where you don't know, like even when you 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 know you're saying like, "Oh, I was like an English blagger." That does take a lot of confidence to like, you know, kind of just take a job, take another job, take each day as it comes. And, and that it is like a, 
it's a special type of person, but I think it, it's definitely a skill which you would you would definitely love your kids to learn. You know, if you if you're kind of thinking about okay, do I want my kid to know how to do this and this and this in like mathematics, or would I like them to be able to like make you know confident decisions and and things like that? And I suppose you yeah, I suppose best case scenario you do both. But I mean, I I definitely prefer that. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree with you, Joe. Like, I mean, I speak to my kids now. I'm just like, whenever they talk about traveling or anything, I'm just like, look, hundred percent do it. Like, you just, it's such a good thing to do. You meet so many people and like, you just learn so much about yourself in terms of just like managing money. Like, before that, I never even washed my clothes. Like, I lived at home for so long, you know, it seems silly, but these are valuable life skills that yeah. you need to do. Yeah. Just being able to stand on your own two feet. You know, so I would recommend to anybody go and do it, you know, experience it and just make your own decisions from there. You know, what's the worst that can happen? You don't like it. You just come home. You know, it's great. Josh, got a question for you. So <clears throat> we talk about gap year and generally when people talk about gap years, it's, it's, it's traveling, isn't it? And obviously you and me did, did that. But if we couldn't afford it and if someone who was in a similar situation just takes a year out but stays in the UK or wherever they're from, do you think they can get a similar experience or similar life lessons from it? Or do you think traveling has to be part of it? Nah, I mean, I don't think traveling has to be part of it. I think everyone's successful in their own right. Um, For example, my brother, uh, my best mate, he's not even bothered about it. He's a successful in his own right. He's got a good job where we live at home. And also my friends are exactly the same. You know, going back to your your question, Madge, I just think, I do think what is important is taking a bit of time away from what you're used to doing and your Mm -hmm. professions, just to, like I say, just reset your mind, reset your mindset a little bit and, you know, just take your mind off it because you just, if you're just so driven into everything the whole time, you know, you you start sort of second guessing yourself and, you know, I think that's not great for your mind at times. I think as well, the the traveling point match is like it's just exposure to other things as well isn't it you know it's like uh, if if as a kid you didn't travel that much and then you got a job and you stayed in your in the same area that's that's all you know and it's not necessarily like a bad thing but I suppose like you could argue like are you a are you a well-rounded individual like you know, you might say oh, I've got views and opinions, but if only your views and opinions come from, you know, your one media outlet and, and you know, friends that are only in your circle that also haven't travelled much, you, you could, like, veer on, you know, having a fairly sheltered life. And I think that's, you know, that's the benefit of, of travelling. You get exposures to different people, different friends, different opinions. That's a big part of it. Yeah, but I was just I was just kind of thinking along the lines that you know not everyone has the circumstances to or the money or even the time mm-hmm. to travel. I mean, we're talking more about is is it is it worth taking a year out, right? And what you do with that year is up to you. And I even mm-hmm. go as far to say that I think taking a year out pre-university would be the ideal situation if it was up to me. I just think get some go and get some work experience you know and mm-hmm. whether whether I, I, sometimes i think go and work go and do a full-time job um, before you start university and see see what life is like 
And then it forces you to think that, doesn't it? Because all we do, all we end up doing is just going from one stage to the other without really thinking it. It's kind of mm-hmm. f- fitting into this, these norms. But then when we finish university, we're still a little bit lost. We don't know where to go from there. I, I, I'm, I'm generalizing there, but I'm, I know that a lot of people do feel like that. So I wonder yeah. if you can, I know you can't get the exposure as you would when you're traveling, yeah, but you could get similar exposure by just working with different people and also knowing what working uh, life is like, learning how to live with your money, like like uh, Josh said as well, like learning how to live with money. And there's all these life lessons and it kind of then forces you to start thinking about what you want to do with your life. I'm guessing that you're not going to enjoy it if you're going into full-time work or you might actually enjoy it. And then it saves you yeah. going to university as well, you know? Go on, Josh. I echo, I echo that as well, Madge. I mean, I mean, we see it in our, in our jobs now that just people's ability to communicate is such an important factor in life. You know, like the amount of conversations I have and people are just staring at the floor or they're texting somebody or they're doing something else but looking at me and, you know, what's actually important in that room. Whether I'm the important one or not, I'm not sure. They can make their mind up for that. But, you know, like it's those interpersonal skills are so important for just life moving forwards. And um, I feel very, very happy to sort of been brought up the way I was and in the generation in which we were, um, you know, in terms of phones and computers, they were sort of coming in. Um, so I feel like I've developed those as I've grown up. So about, like I say, going away and getting a bit of experience in work, you know, knowing what it's like to have a hard day, I think that I can only make you stronger. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, so one area as well that I, I tried to have a little bit of research for some, for some stats was related to like first year of university. And then the other area that I was quite interested in was about career changes. Um, and like I said, we, we've spoken a little bit about career changes on here before. And, um, because I think, you know, at times I think education or, or as teachers, um, we're like probably a minority of people that kind of once you start teaching you that's that's kind of it like you you start teaching then you you kind of stay as a teacher because it is like a long time job and there's lots of progression but you are still just in uh, just in teaching I mean first year uni um, and I'm sure you, you both kind of saw lots of this uh, one in ten on average drop out in the first year um, and they drop out before they even get to the second year of study. So that would definitely, um, that would definitely vouch for like some of the things, Madge, that you've said there about traveling first or getting a job first and kind of maturing, deciding whether you actually want to do that at university or not, you know, the right course. Because I suppose some of those figures are, um, don't even account for the people that just switch courses after the first year. Um, and then in some institutions, so I'm sure maybe some of the, uh, higher stress universities, um, the figures are a lot higher. One in four people drop out. And then in the US, I was surprised at this, 30% of college um, applicants drop out in the first year as well, um, which I just think is is crazy. But again, it, it, it that kind of, I feel like that does back up that idea that a lot of the time you go in making the wrong decisions. And that that's obviously multiple reasons. That can't be just uh, just from traveling. But Madge, I mean, coming back to you and because and, you travelled after university, do you think that do you think that you would have done university differently? Do you think you would have chosen a different course, or um, 
like really anything do you think it would have been different if you had traveled first do you think you'd even have gone to university yeah i think i think i still would have gone to university but about the course i don't know because like I got like a strong feeling. I got strong opinions about university as well. I think I think they need to take a little bit of responsibility um, with the courses that they offer. So like, there's just so many people signing up for the same course, and then when you leave university, there's hardly any jobs there. So I think there's mm-hmm. certain certain degrees anyway, and there's some degrees that are kind of like a little bit pointless as well if you don't if you're not specialising in anything. So I think universities have to take a bit of responsibility that there's some sort of guarantee of some sort of work out there there's enough graduates that come out of there and then there's like they can go somewhere with that you know um i think when when i when i finished so i did sports sciences degree and when i finished i was completely lost with it i didn't know where i wanted to go um but the one thing i did know was i wanted to go traveling so i decided before i finished university that i am gonna save and work for a year and then i'm gonna travel and then I'm then I'm gonna decide what I want to do. So I already made that decision. So I knew that that was my focus. But if I had to make a decision, then I don't think I would have made the same decision as I made now. Um, if if I was to take a year out before I was starting university, I think I probably would have taken a different degree. To be honest, I think I would have started looking into like what opportunities were out there after a degree. Mm-hmm. But because I was so sports focused at that age, that was the only thing I wanted to do. But actually, when when you look back at it you could still be sport focused and do it do a different degree you know um but at that yeah. time that's that's just all i thought about uh, i don't know what i would do different but um definitely um would i have, i think i would have gone to university i i, I mean I, the problem is the system that's set up in place with a lot of the jobs that you do have required degrees and now it's like you requires masters it's it's that system but obviously you do hear about people who who are successful with our degrees as well, but um, I think I still would have done a degree and just just how we brought up and stuff. I think I, I agree with that as well. I mean, that was one of the points that I thought about university. Is your last point is about a lot of the jobs do require degrees, but I for me, um, you know, and I'm I'm not saying whether whether or whether or not it will reflect my choice going to university, but I feel that when I went through school, um, I feel that the guidance could have been a lot better than what I got. Never did I understand the, the sort of debt that I was going to get into. And that probably goes back to, you know, the actual question of, um, you know, your maturity. You know, yeah. when I was 18 years old, like, I was I was working at a golf club, you know, which was great. It put a bit of money in my pocket. But, you know, in terms of the, the value for money, I didn't really understand it. You know, so if you told me, you know, if it was 5 6% interest, I wouldn't even know what that meant. You know, but if you would have said to me, right, Josh, that is 5,000 English pounds um, that you've got to pay back. I'm thinking, well, that's a lot of money. And that's on top of what you already owe. Yeah. Now, I have no yeah. idea um, what I actually owe. Uh, I actually had a conversation maybe a couple of years ago and I nearly put the phone down. I was just, I couldn't believe it. It's so much. And it's not even worth thinking about. But, you know, but nobody prepares you for that. They say, yes, you'll take a loan out. But what's even a loan when you're at school? I don't, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I think there can be a lot to be done in the education system before you even get to university. And I know uh, this this current climate is even the tuition fees are more than what they were when I was at university and probably you boys, too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, there, there could be a lot said for that. Um, you know, and us as educators, um, I feel that that's that's probably a good thing taking forward for them. Yeah, currently 
2021, the the average uh, incurred from I I would probably say from your like a standard course, not including like the kind of um, doctorate, you know, medical because they seem to be at university for about eight or nine years, don't they? But the average is forty five thousand uh forty five thousand pounds and that's obviously at the end uh most likely won't include a few credit cards that you maybe rack up and then obviously the interest that you suddenly start paying um and what i've found actually you know i'm 31 now and i've still got a hefty whack of my student loan and it's and it they make it like quite painful to pay it back actually like every year you've got to update them on how much you're earning and what you're doing and then they estimate, okay, you're going to pay back this a month. And like, it's not, it's not like an easy thing to pay back. And it's definitely something which I do remember, like my mum and dad always saying to me, uh, it's a loan you have to take. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't go against you. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't affect like whether you can get like a house mortgage or any other loan. And it's just something that you will always pay back until you're retired. And and I remember just thinking about it going, oh, my God. But I remember them trying to lessen the burden of the fact that I will just continuously pay, be paying back, you know, 100 to whatever pounds a month. And I'll just, you know, I'll just keep paying it back. And in, in my eyes and in their eyes, they deemed it as, well, it'd be worth it because it's got you the job, you know, that, that you want to do. So one, one thing that I wanted to add as well which I think we can touch on uh, more later, was this idea of career change. Because I was really interested by this, that on average, people change their career five to seven times during their work in life, which I've, I thought was really interesting. And then the percentage of 30-something, so you know, 30-year-olds, um, the desire to change their career is about 35%. And this was back in 2013. So I've got no doubt that that's increased more so um, and with everything going on. And in 2020, uh, over 60% of people, like the fifth of the UK and adults, want to generate income from like hobbies. So, you know, more and more people are, are looking for other ways to what not only make money, but maybe even change their career, which I thought was really interesting. So, Joe, I wanted to ask you a question. Um, seeing as like me and Joshua did take a year out, um, well, to help me, I, I think, um, from what Josh said, I think it sped up the maturity. I think if I didn't do take that year out, I think it would have taken me longer to mature. I think it would take me longer to work things out. And I think that's what it sounds like from Josh as well with the circumstances that he had. Um, so my question to you, is, uh, Joe, is that you never did that. So hearing, I'm sure you've heard from other people as well, because I know there's people at work and you might come across people. What are your thoughts about taking that year out? Is it something that you regret doing, not doing? Or is it something that you are potentially looking forward to do? Do you think it's hindered you in any way? Do you think your, your choices would have been different? Lots of different questions there for you to explore, mate. Um, I, don't, I don't regret not doing it. Um, I think I was, I was lucky enough that I... You know, growing up, I, I was able to travel a little bit, only like to Europe. But, you know, it wasn't like I was like, I really want to, I've never left the UK. 
So I wasn't necessarily like thinking about that. I suppose when I was growing up, um, and we're kind of similar age, Josh, my one place I did always want to go was Australia. And and actually, it was only recently, um, well, about four years ago, that I did actually end up going to Australia for one of my really good mates' uh, wedding. And I was actually more taken back by Sydney than I was in all the other cool places that I've traveled to since, you know, teaching abroad. It was something about Sydney that I was just, uh, I don't know, that was like the epitome of, you know, from the UK growing up, like Australia was always like that kind of, oh, you've made it, you've gone to Australia, you know, because I don't know whether it was just the fact the distance or what, but I think I think for me, I, I what I did was I worked much. So from when I, I did work experience in a, in a, in a clothes shop when I was like 14, 14, 15 or something. And then they gave me a Sunday job or Saturday job um, when I was just as I turned 16, the summer when I was 16. And I worked there until I left to go to Egypt. So even in my first two years of, of teaching, I still worked one Sunday a month uh, just to keep my discount. And also just to be um, somebody completely different because when I was in the shop, um, and it was really interesting actually, there was, a, there was another guy who worked there, Paul. He was like an old boy, worked for the council. He'd got, um, he'd got uh, not a knighthood, it's uh, one of, the, he'd basically been recognized for his work by the queen. Um, and he was just a super cool guy, but in work, he was like, you know, Mr. Anthony, he was like this senior, senior member of staff. But he still worked since since when he was super young. He still worked like one Saturday a month. And I quite liked that. I quite liked the idea that you can be super, super professional, super mature, um, you know, Mr. Whatever in school. But then as my Saturday job, I was just uh, I was just Joe. And, uh, and, you know, we'd chat to the clients, we'd chat to these guys coming in and out. And they didn't know who, they didn't know I was a teacher. They didn't know I had, like, in my eyes, like, a proper job. I just enjoyed, like, working in this clothes shop. And I think it just gave me a different perspective. It, it made me kind of understand a little bit about money and this and that. And then you talk to people. Like, I think, you know, Josh, you, you, you kind of talk about, um, you know, building that confidence. And I think my friends would agree that I haven't really got an issue talking to anybody, even the most boring individual or whatever else. I could strike up a conversation with most people. Um, and I think that working in that clothes shop or just working in a different environment just kind of helped with that as I was as I was growing up. So I think I matured quite a lot in there. And I think uh, the guys in there who were who were often older as well, they, they probably recognised that. So that was me growing up, I think. And then... Uh, and then, yeah, I decided to travel abroad. So one thing I want to point out, well, I also, I'm sure Josh did it. We worked while maybe he did um, at university or college, wherever. And I think what you just said there was, uh, what resonated with me there was I worked at a retail shop and I could see, and those guys were similar age to me, maybe a few years older, but I mm. could see how much they hated their job or hated mm -hmm. like doing the nine to five and, so that was that was what kind of motivated me, saying that I made, made the right decision going to university and having that, having that feeling that I was moving towards the right direction. But mm -hmm. and when you talk about your 
you did travel, and I'm sure Josh could come in on this, maybe he felt the same. When you travel for a certain amount of time, not knowing an end date, or when you travel not knowing where to come back to, or you know what what you what you're doing and you're not going back for two three weeks and it's not it's a very very different vibe it forces mm -hmm. lots of different conversations it makes you reflect on life it makes you look at different perspectives in a very completely different way so having that time out specifically for you to do that is 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 a very different feeling towards like going on a holiday and traveling a little bit knowing that you got you know, if you go for your four or five weeks, six, hol six week holiday, knowing that you got a job and you come back, it's very different yeah. to when you travel without an end it. I don't know if Josh wants to come in on that. Yeah, I, I would agree. Like, obviously, when you're, when you're traveling and you're, you're just sort of trying to make ends meet, really. And I remember a time for me when I was just off the back of my farm work and I was working for food and accommodation on this farm. And, uh, I actually looked in my hand and I had eight cents to my name and I, I, I just, I couldn't look anywhere, but I, I had, I was absolutely skinned and I couldn't even afford to like buy a chocolate bar and that's no word of a lie and I, I had that for about three or four days, you know, obviously you get by and I was relying and that actually really teaches you the value of money and how to sort of plan your way through a trip. Um, you know, I think for me, that was like a really good trigger point to actually think, right, Josh, you're, you know, you're 26 now, 27, maybe it's time to kick on in life. You know, for me, that was like a big reality check and it made me think, right, what have I got? Um, I've got my teaching career and that's where it really, there was a light bulb moment where I thought, you know what, I've got a really good qualification here. I love living overseas. Let's try and make this work somewhere else. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I think that's that's what I'd like to say on that. Yeah, I think I think that's cool. That is, and maybe that maybe that's what I missed out on as a bit as well is just having that because um, I do I know exactly what you mean, Madge. And even when I travelled a little bit more like that after my first year teaching abroad, again you again you had I had money um, and I had like a job to go back to, so there was never that. Uh, I don't know, never that like panic that you you talk about there. And I think that's obviously that that's what shapes you a bit, isn't it? Uh, and that's what that's what like shapes that character. And, you know, again, I'd, I would recommend it. I mean, it's it's each of their own and what, it's what you're able to afford and what you're able to do. But uh, I think what I always I do remember asking my my mum whether I could take a year out before. I, I said to her, you know, oh, I'm thinking about maybe taking a year out, mum, maybe, maybe going to Australia or something. And she said, uh, if you take a year out, you'll probably never go to uni. <laughs> that was like her, her thing. And, and maybe she was right. Maybe, maybe she felt that for me, it was, it was best to kind of keep that momentum. Because like for me, I was like, you know, I probably needed that momentum to keep going in education. And once I got my job, then I was happy. But yeah, I mean, I I wonder whether I would have done or not. I, you never know, do you? So knowing what you know now, would you think you would have explored a, a route without a degree or going to university, you, knowing what you know now? Mm, just, I mean, I'm more trying to think about like when I, at my age then after a year, I think to be honest, I, I would have been a little bit like Josh. I think I would have 
been the king of blag and would have blagged my way into like a few different kind of avenues of jobs it probably would have stayed sport related so in my mind I probably then would have ended up thinking well I still want to do something sports related and then come back and gone to university but you never kind of know do you because you know you hear of those situations and you know I've got friends that have traveled or friends that have gone over to Australia and, and you kind of just meet people even when you just meet people at the bar or wherever else and you get chatting and then they give you an opportunity and you you know you just take it um and maybe that is what I missed out on um but I wouldn't I definitely don't regret it because I'm I'm here now and I'm traveling abroad now and I and I really enjoy that aspect and you know I think we all enjoy that aspect of it but I would definitely recommend doing it to uh, four people if that's what they wanted and they could afford it for sure yeah i think like um when i look back at now i think i started my career when i was 25 well i did start my career 25 first year at, at teaching and i remember yeah. at the time um i was like well at the time i in certain situations when when i came across teachers who had been teaching two three years and they were still younger than me it, I did feel a bit old and I did feel like, oh, my, I started a little bit late. And you know, when you start on the ladder, it's, it, you always start quite low, don't you? Um, mm. And I did feel it at the start, but then it was always, it was always that the reason why I took that year out and the way, the reason why I traveled was because so many people I came across said they regretted not doing it when they were mm-hmm. young. They're saying that, you know, I've got a family now and I've got a mortgage and there's no way of doing it now. And the other yeah. thing was, like I, I mentioned before, I'm quite a good observer of people. And one thing I noticed, and even now, I have lots and lots of friends who hate their jobs, right? And if you, if I, and I when I speak to them, it, you ask them if they would do it differently. Nearly, nearly all of them said they would do it differently. Even one of my friends has looked at, um, actually, as who came on the podcast, he he actually looked oh, yeah. at trying to change his career. Like he's in property. And he actually tried to go back and do law. So he actually went back to uh, some online uh, part-time school in, to do law. And then he just he just went, it's, too, it's just too risky. I would not have enough money to like pay the bills and stuff. So he decided against it. So, I mean, the idea and thought of like working for so many years without, you know, not enjoying your job is quite scary. And luckily, I'm, I'm, I'm not in that position. But I know many people who are. So I just think that that, that is when you need to take some time out and reflect, you know? I was uh, in my, in my 20s, I got, I got to admit that it was a, it was a real big struggle for me, uh, probably from when I graduated till the time I went to, uh, to, to travel in, um, that sort of four year period, I was like looking to other avenues the whole time. Uh, just what I sort of thought I was going into the actual realization of what it was. It, for me, it was just a lot to take in. I uh, didn't quite get it all, uh, really found found it hard to take to teaching. Um, and actually, one of my good friends back home was a brookie by trade. And we actually um, we actually trained together on our B.Ed course. And um, in the holidays, we would just do jobs, you know, like landscaping or, you know, fitting kitchens or just general building work. And I loved it. And, you know, you actually see that cash coming to you. And I thought, hang on a minute. I've got money in my hand here, you know, and it's, you get a completely different feeling. And the, the sense of reward for me was walking past a, a nice garden or a nice landscape, which I have done uh, with my mate and someone thinking, oh, that's, that looks all right. And, you know, there's a, there's a nice feeling of, of pride that you've done that. 
Um, so actually going away and reflecting, it sort of, like, like I've mentioned before, it sort of retuned my um, vision to what I wanted. And I think coming back and starting in the UAE again, um, overseas, just had a completely different mindset to, you know, life. Um, like I say, we talked about the value and that, that sort of stuff. But, you know, my drive was so much bigger and better and I just became more ambitious and I really wanted and started to enjoy what I actually trained to do. And it, it took me the best part of 10 years for that to happen. Um, and now that I'm in my 30s, I feel like I can actually say I'm mature enough and, you know, I'm ready to go to the next level and keep going. And, you know, but on the, the flip side to that, I mean, like you said, Maj, about your, your friend who's just come out of uh, look, looking to get out of property. Now, property fascinates me, uh, and that's something maybe you know later on in life. You know, when my legs are not not like they they was before with the PE world. I mean, you know, never say never, and you know that's that's something I could be interested in going down. So, um, yeah, like you talk about career change, it's fascinating, and through through your life, you're sort of on a bit of a roller coaster, really, uh, which is really interesting. So let, let's ask that question then. In the future, like what you, what you're thinking, what you're feeling right now. Would you would you potentially look at a career change? Would you, or do you like the idea of it, but the practicality is a bit difficult? Uh, what are you what are you saying, Josh? I think, I mean, first and foremost, I'm really happy in my job right now. Um, so I'll say that first. And Dory Spool's not listening. <laughs> just want to just want to nip that one in the bug quickly. Um, but nah, um <laughs> I, I, like I say, I, I, I don't like standing still for too long. I, I like I like challenging myself. I feel like when you're sort of not challenging yourself anymore, I feel like, you know, that's where you need to be looking to push on a bit. So, you know, I think that's something I'll definitely be looking to um, run alongside what I'm doing at the moment. Um, you know, like away from school, you know, doing other degrees, reading books, you know, putting a bit of money aside, um, you know, but obviously... Keeping in check with the, the current climate that we live in is very important uh, in that sort of field of work. But yeah, definitely, I, I would love to go down another avenue in it. And uh, property development does does interest me. Cool. What about you? What about you, Joe? You, you you're you're an interesting person because I I always uh, you're always switching between what you want to do. One day you want to do this. One day you want to do that. One day you're happy to be a teacher. You're always flip flopping through them. So yeah, explain that a little bit more. Well, disclaimer, I, I'm really happy being a teacher. <laughs> you should have said, I'm really happy working at my school. That's what you should have said. You're just covered um, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I think we're, we're in a hugely privileged position where we get, you know, we, we get like a solid amount of money um, comes in consistently and we're, we're on a fairly permanent contract. And it does allow us to look at other other things. I think for me, what's always interested me is... Um, moving into a, a senior role in school, having like a proper impact on like school. Like, and I feel like I'm, I'm mo definitely moving in that right direction where like I'm having an impact on the day-to-day -day running of the school. Because for me, like, you know, I, I like organizing things. I like, um, I like kind of having an impact on what's actually happening and some like big decisions. So yeah, I think I'd, I'd want to go up into, into senior leadership and potentially being like a head teacher but then I've always quite liked the idea of then stepping away from school. Um, and once you've kind of got that experience in school is, is moving away from it. And 
by by kind of then just doing like an advisor role because one thing I will say and Josh will uh, will hopefully agree with this and and Madge is you know as PE teachers I don't want to be that like decrepit six-year-old who's still teaching layups to like year sevens like no kids like I feel like a a big reason why I'm a PE teacher is because I was inspired by my PE teachers. Um, and they were like fairly young guys who were like super, super passionate about what they do. There was so much energy. If I'm 60, still trying to teach, you know, right, left, right, knee up, top corner of the box in the layup, you know, I know that I'm not going to be inspiring. Um, I know I'm not going to be like an amazing role model because kids, kids need people that they can... Not like uh, relate to an age, but definitely closer. The reason I was, no, because when I was on my PGC, there was a guy who was who was working part time, and he was in his sixties. He was an ex football pro, and he loved it. Honestly, he used to come yeah. in school, massive smile on his face. He still had the, the kids loved him. He still had that relationship with the kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, he used to wear his kit in school. <laughs> hey, he used to wear his football kit in school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he never. He would only tell us about his stories and that, but yeah. He, he, yeah, he was he was funny as well. He was a funny guy. So I I think, yeah, don't be so ageist, man. There are people out there who still love the job. So maybe, maybe, but uh, you know, I'm I'm more for for personally. I would I would want to move out of the classroom. But I mean, I think that's that's part of education. You kind of move up. When you move up, you kind of move out of the classroom. But yeah, I'd I'd love to. I'd love to be like an advisor to like a few different schools, just offer my impact, offer my offer my views. I'd love to like set up a school. You see that quite out, quite often out here in uh, international. You know, you kind of have a chat with some sort of wealthy businessman who wants to do some sort of like bit of a tax write-off or something, and and you say, yeah, I'll run a school for you. You know, it's you know a, a lot of these schools start by just somebody who's got money. Um, and either wants to positively impact an area yeah, or for whatever other reason. And I worked out why you play golf. That's what you're waiting for, aren't you? <laughs> Just <laughs> waiting on somebody, you know? Yeah. Waiting on somebody to say, do you want to run my school for me? Yeah. I'll be like, yeah. You, you want to do- do- yeah. dodge some taxes? I'm the man for you. That's what you basically just said. Exactly. Um, exactly. I think for myself, uh, I like I'm, I'm similar to you, Joe. Like I think uh, leadership positions in the school I was never interested in it, but I think if the right job comes at the right right school or right, you know, um, ticks the right boxes, I'd definitely go for it. But I'm I'm more I'm more like I'm ready to explore lots of different options. I I definitely want to stay in education, and I think when I move back to UK eventually in the next several years, I think I will look at some different options within education, not the traditional teacher route. I will definitely look at them, see if they mm-hmm. work out right. But I, I think. I will look at a, like a, a little bit of a career change from being a teacher maybe to, to something else in education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I feel like we spoke about that before though, Madge, like going back and you were talking about um, kind of stepping into the role of that lady who, who organised sports in the community, that type of yeah. doing something in the in the wider community. No, it's super cool. So I'm going to revert back to our original question then. Um do we need time to mature before starting our career? Okay. Has, has can anything? I wanna, can I ask another question before we go into that? Yeah. How sure. How about you two about taking a sabbatical? Any thoughts, plans of that? Would you Would you want to take like I mean, would you want to take 
a, another year out or would you just at some point take a career break and do something that's that's focused on yourself that's not work related it, josh um well it's interesting because i've listened to a few of your podcasts before and i think i think you spoke to one of your friends is it danny yeah, uh, and he talked about. Um, I think you asked him a question about whether he would go travelling with his family. Now, I think for me at this moment in time, um, I have no family, uh, just me and my partner Katie. Um, but you know, never say never. In the in the future, if if a family was to ever come along, I'd quite like to take a year out with them. I feel like I've done my sort of time by myself, and it was great. Don't get me wrong, and I wouldn't. I don't regret any of it. But I'd quite like to share that experience with somebody else. So yeah, I, I definitely would take a sabbatical. Um, I think it's a long way off from now. But again, I think whether it's a midlife crisis or not, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I think I think it's again it it just backs up everything. My thoughts and beliefs of why I went travelling in the first place, and you know why why can't you do that when you're a little bit older in your life? Definitely. But you, yeah, I think it's good. Uh, yeah, I think I would. I mean, I don't necessarily know when I would. To be honest, after the year that we've just had um, and when there was like, you know, still a little bit of instability with jobs and um, and like just what the world situation, you know, definitely, definitely played on my mind. It was something that um, something that we talked about in terms of like, oh, what about a year out? And, and actually, Josh, something relate to what you were saying we were thinking about oh why don't we buy a house um live in it but it's gonna it's gonna need doing up so like why don't we do it up and live in it and at the same time kind of travel a little bit um so buy like maybe a little place in france or italy or something do it up while we're kind of milling about so no it's definitely a thought again i don't know when that would happen but I don't think, and, and actually I looked up about sabbaticals. A lot of people take sabbaticals for quite a few different reasons. And, and the top one, which I think is is obvious, is to get away from the stress of the working life. So, you know, I don't think I'm quite there yet. After those two years of the pandemic and online teaching, I was definitely close to uh, the stress of working life. But to improve mental health, 41% of people, that's why they take it. I can definitely see that. And physical health. You know, uh, one thing, and, and we've spoken about this a bit before, Madge, you know, we, you know when people do these, like, um, you know, complete health kicks or, you know, training programs or train for something, I'd love to, like, have a year out and just dedicate myself to something, you know, proper, like, whether that would be learning a certain skill or, you know, dedicating my life, uh, my whole year or something to, like, uh, training for, like, a, a crazy marathon or something, but... You know, something like that would always be quite fun. But yeah, it's how it fits in and, and making sure then it doesn't impact you. But I'd probably say more employers now are are less fussed about a year out if it's uh if it's been productive. If it's a forced year out, then maybe. But if it's been a productive one, I think uh I think most employers would see it as a good thing. Yeah, maybe you can about uh, you? you can you can start your CrossFit career that you're hoping to do, aren't you? I mean, oh, yeah. you wear those oh, colourful yeah. socks, so yeah, yeah. taking a step forward. I'm pretty much a member of the CrossFit uh, Games because I wear those socks. That is that is very true. But too I think scared it to join the CrossFit Open. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, just giving me just giving me <laughs> grief every time. I I was actually surprised it's taken this long to give me grief. I mean, I'm very tired today, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, I for me, I uh, yeah, like Josh said, I, my my view hasn't really changed. Um, I I hope. I think my plan is to go back to the UK if everything goes well the next like five to seven years. Um, and I think if everything goes well and if I'm at that stage and I'm, I've got some decent savings and it'll depend of whether I'm going to use those savings to buy a house or how close I am to getting a house or whatever. But like you said, I would love, I would love to spend a year um, traveling with the kids and, and, and whether that happens then or I might just move back to the UK and just start building a life there and at some point before they go to university I think doing something with them um, whether it doesn't have to probably won't be a year at that point and like you said Josh like I've done I've done my time I've done I've got what I wanted out of the traveling and I've been able to travel on the side and now I've got kids is is a lot harder and it's one of the sacrifices that you make but in an ideal world I think I would I would consider taking one every 10 years i think um but obviously it will stunt it will stunt your progression but i think there's more to life than that you know like you said your mental health and all these other things um it's really important that you do things when you're young as well and while you're able and you're moving i think that's what a lot of people said to me about regret as well because i always think well mm-hmm. a lot of people say oh yeah well you need money to travel and you need stability and stuff but you're not guaranteed to wake up the next day are you so while you can do it, you know. Um, so there's a there's a lesson in that, I think. Yeah, nice. Definitely. All right then, Josh. So, what what one thing do you reckon has stood out? Because I I reckon we all have agreed that we do need to mature before starting our career, and whether that's having a job or whether that's um, going travelling. What what do you think? What's one thing that stood out from from what you've said, or or myself or Madge uh, from today's episode? Um, it's not really like, I just think um, like for me it just just significant um, parts of your life really make a difference to the way you think um, you know the, the behaviours that you do um, like I say I, I talked about before you know like a few events that's happened to me it's just made me step up as a, as a man uh, as a person um, you know but actually like I just think, not like Maja just said, I think your life is just, it's too short to really just get bogged down in a career, like straight away, you know, like just such a mundane life. I mean, I, it's not me sort of ever, I'll never badmouth my friends, but, you know, I've got people doing the same things that we used to do back when we was kids and they're still doing it now in their 30s, you know, and, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but there's just more to life than that. Um, and I, I think like, you know, people feel like they have to lock themselves in straight away. Um, you know, everyone's li- lived their life differently, but the world is such a big place. It's massive. And I think that the small percentage of traveling that I've done doesn't even reflect how big the world is, you know, and there's just understanding cultures and the way people work just really shapes you as a person and just ultimately just, just grows you and, you know, and, and, I just think that the, it's the same old adage, but the world's your oyster. Just, just go and live it, and uh, you know, and just be happy. I think that's that's probably the main, most important thing. Is just be happy, um, and yeah. Yeah, I love it, Madge. What has anything stood out to you? Anything changed your view on on things or um, reaffirmed things? Not so much changed. I mean, it's nice hearing Josh's story because it's quite similar to mine. Um, age-wise and, and and how he did it and, and, and what's come out of it. 
I think I, I, I've always worried, been worried about my view because I think my view's always been biased because I did actually travel and mm-hmm. um, and I did it for that reason as well to grow up and I, I did it for that reason as well to kind of do it to kind of find some direction in life. I think um, and I think uh, I've said this uh, very strong. I don't know if you guys think the same, but I think if there was, uh, if people have the option to travel or take a gap year before they go to uni, do it even if you know what you're doing. Uh, if you can't, and you, like, let's say sometimes you get like uh, scholarships or grants and things like that, where circumstances you you're gonna, you're gonna have to go to university, take one before you take uh, start a career. And if you don't, and you start a career and you might find the ideal job, um, take one at some point, you know, um, mm-hmm. before your thirties, before you settle down at least, because it's just too many people I know that have too many regrets, and it's just it's just these little decisions are just not brave enough. And I like just said before. What's the worst that can you can happen? You go back. We're lucky to be from a country that, you know, there's a lot of stability there. Um, so you make the most of it as well. Yeah, I like it. I think I think one thing I will take away is, I don't regret not traveling. I can see the importance of traveling, but there's a lot to there's a lot uh, of factors that can improve your maturity, like your upbringing, your your parents and and kind of uh, your environment and your friendship group as well. Um, and I think depending on that, that can have a uh, more of an influence on whether you would actually benefit more from from traveling. And I think for me, I've done like what you've said, Madge. I've gone through uni, I've started my job, and then I've realized actually there's more, there's more than just where I live. You know, there's more than more than this. So then I traveled abroad and even though I was teaching, which gave, which definitely gave me that security. I mean, I remember getting back, um, getting back home after my first term in Egypt. And I think I'd traveled to like seven different countries. Like I doubled what I'd ever done ever in all my life traveling before. So yeah, just, just kind of taking that leap to travel and then you kind of never look back. But yeah, no, I appreciate uh, appreciate everyone's comments today and uh, some really good ones. Some questions for you, and this is quick fire questions. All right, you ready for this? Go for it. Uh, what's your favourite place of all places you've ever travelled, and why? Um, the Whit Sundays in Australia, absolutely beautiful. What's it called again? The Whit Sundays, right. Whit Sunday Islands. Okay, I'll have a look into that. Australia's on my list, one of the top ones to do. Um, what's yeah. the best piece of advice you've been given? Um, best piece of advice, probably when I was a bit younger. Um, anyone can make a mistake, but don't make the same mistake twice. Good one, that. Um, tell us one thing that's still on your bucket list. <clears throat> One thing is still on my bucket list. Um, Tottenham to win the Premier League. <laughs> I think that's going to happen. <laughs> is that don't a live, good time to end it? You know, when we said don't live life with regrets, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially when I'm an Arsenal fan as well, you know. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, uh, guys, thank you so much for today. Madge, as always, and, and Josh, thanks so much for 
um just thanks for approaching me to get get on the pod i really appreciate that and um it's been a, it's been a super interesting conversation and and very open and honest so thanks so much for joining us today thank you yeah thanks josh yeah, no i get the feeling this is not the last time we're going to see you on the pod i'm sure you're going to be uh getting some more ideas to join get you back on as well thanks a lot for today well, hopefully i'll get asked next time <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thank you. Uh, Hi, guys. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, go ahead and subscribe. Share it with someone if you think they might enjoy it or if they might learn something new. If you have any comments or would like to join us on an episode, email us at youchattoomuch at gmail.com.